This is a Soulfire production. Yo, we're back at it. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm glad I'm here with you today. Will you be my neighbor? Oh man, feeling a little better, maybe. Maybe it's because of what's transpired over the last 24 hours. I don't know. People got charged. I know that. And you know we're going to cover that on today's show, of course. Oh, man. One of my favorite people ever gets to make an appearance on the show. Laura Ingram from Fox News. One of the most despicable people of, of all time. Also, I'd like to thank everybody who's been uh, commenting on the videos from uh, last episode's Charlie Kirk rant. Um, was pretty excited about that. Still pretty excited about that. That was... That was Man, I was on one. So thanks for thanks for uh, tolerating slash encouraging me to do my thing. Uh, but today we're going to get into the charges that have been filed for the rest of the officers, as well as a little upgrade, little upgrade action for our boy Derek over there, um, ex police officer from the Minneapolis Police Force. And we're going to talk about oh Drew Brees. We got some Drew Brees action. Trump versus Twitter. And of course, I'm going to give you something to think about at the end of the show. But we got some fun things. And I'm going to bring on um, a video. I keep, saying I'm going to, I keep saying I'm going to bring people on like if they're going to be on the show. Not yet. We're getting there. But Kyle Kalinske uh, had a great take on Trump's social media executive order. And we're going to listen to his, Trump just talk about it a little bit. And then we're going to uh, listen to what Kyle has to say because I think it was a really solid a really solid take. And, and here's the thing. I don't pretend like I know everything. But I do have some pretty solid sources, and I like to bring all those sources together into this little mashup of other people's stuff that I respect and support and would think that you would like to listen to, plus my stuff, um, you know, and, and just and just elicit some thought, elicit some perspective. Also, something that's bouncing around in my dome right now um, is running for some sort of public office. Not sure what yet, doing some research, lots of research, lots of reading, Figuring it out, playing, playing, playing around with the idea, um, but if you think that's a good idea, especially if you live in Colorado, <laughs> you think that's a good idea. Uh, let me know. But here, real quick, the show is new. We're figuring things out. We're doing the thing. I feel like we're doing a pretty good job over here. The team at Soulfire Productions is 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 doing an amazing job with the videos. Shouts to Josh for that. Uh, straight killing it. But I want to hear from you. What do you want? What do you need? What do you think could be better? Uh, what would you like to see on this show? And if you don't know about this, maybe you're only on this show. I have another show called The Realness. Uh, it's an interview show. I keep most of my interviews there. So if you're going to ask for interviews, that's where they live. Um, there's some great ones up there right now. We started getting more into policy and politics and um, kind of the state of things there. But I want to hear from you. So find me on Instagram uh, at Connor Wanders, Connor with an E. Wanders with an A, same as the podcast. And uh, let me know if there's something, if you see something that comes up, especially if it's something that's not um, already out there all over the place. Because a, the th a lot of the things that we cover on here are really more my takes of things that most people, uh, if you pay attention, are already out there. 
And sometimes every now and then I find something that, that isn't as popular, but uh, if you see something that's, that's, that's breaking or new, shoot it my way. And I can get, usually get that on, on the air within 24 hours. So we can make that happen, but let me know what you, what you think. Um, just like I said, shoot me a DM and head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. I've seen a few of those coming in. I really appreciate those. Uh, they've been really sweet. And I know talking about politics, I'm going to get a fair amount of one-star reviews, uh, because people won't agree with me and that's fine. Uh, I totally accept that and appreciate that. And, um, you know, honor your right to free speech. And that's, that's what I do. I can't expect myself to just like shit on people and then not have people shit on me. It's part of the deal. <laughs> and I accept that. But if you do feel like a five-star review is what this, this podcast deserves, I would very much appreciate that. And a, a quick share would be nice too. Getting a lot of shares lately. That's been really nice, really encouraging. And I've needed that because as I said, I started this thing just to have a good time talking about politics, provide some semi-biased slash objective, um, kind of commentary and perspective, but um, given the way everything has gone, uh, I'm doing my best just to keep up right now because things are going absolutely wild, <laughs> as, as we all know. And I think there's going to be some positive change from this. I, I, you know, on my other show, I talk quite a bit about psychedelics and, and, and different things like that. And I feel like the country is kind of going through this um, really dark ayahuasca trip right now. And we're really figuring ourselves out. We're deep in the jungle. We're drinking the jungle drugs and we're just like in the middle of some deep, dark, crazy ayahuasca experience. Um, but it's not, it's real life. But sometimes I think I might just like come to and, in, in, in the Maloka out in South, South America somewhere and be like, Oh wow, it was all, it was all just a really weird trip. Um, but I do have a feeling that this is our version of reality, whatever that is. Um, I do like to consume enough content that challenges that, that sometimes, you know, I, th I think it might just be in a black mirror episode. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, but I like to think if you haven't seen the show kind of de derailing here a little bit, but if you, if you haven't seen the show devs on FX, they talk a little bit about determinism versus, uh, the mini worlds theory, which basically, if I understand it correctly, determinism basically means there is no free will, right? Things are just predetermined. And your experience kind of creates your decision-making. You don't have that much of a choice. It's all just a facade. And there is no real variability on what that could be or what could happen. It's all predetermined. And then the mini worlds theory basically means that every time there is a decision, when you do have those rare occasions when an actual decision is made, um, every possible outcome is split off into alternate dimensions, alternate realities. And sometimes I'm like, man... <laughs> <laughs> maybe I chose, maybe I chose the wrong one or maybe I chose the right one. I don't know. Maybe there's a version of me in some split off reality somewhere. That's like, I don't know on Fox news. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm following Tucker Carlson on Fox news. Who fucking knows? But here we are now in this version of our reality and we're going to get into the state of things. But first I'm doing my best to try and lead off with a little bit of good news. And I don't know if what I'm about to play for you is actually good news necessarily. I don't know if it fits in that category exactly, but it did make me smile. It did make me laugh. And to get the full effect of this, you need to head over to my TikTok account. I played, put the video there. It's also going to be on YouTube. So go find us on YouTube. That's where you get the full Connor Wanders experience. I have a hard time saying my own name in the podcast. That's a new thing for me, getting used to it. But uh, I'm going to play this for you and then... We're going to go ahead. We'll just call this. This will be the intro into the state of things. So we'll skip the normal, the normal funky beats. 
and go with um, You About to Lose It, a remix by Imar Keys with a Z. Why are you detaining me? You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. Get this dance. You about to lose your job because you are detaining me for nothing. You about to lose your job. Oh, a hot hey, remix. So with the oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't care what you have to say, bro. With your herbal support for COVID-19. Get out of my IGTV. All right. <laughs> You're about to lose your job, which, um, you know, 40 million Americans have filed jobless claims. So not necessarily good news or funny, but she was being detained by the police and that got, that got, that went viral. Good stuff. Made me happy. I hope it made you smile. Because of all the things we talk about, I like to I like to put a smile on your face when I can. Now, this might this might be considered good news. <sighs> Derek Chavin. I can never say this guy's name right. Chavin, Chauvin, Chauvin. I think it's Chauvin. Derek Chauvin. His charge has been upgraded. He got an upgrade. He went from 3.0 to 2.0. Chauvin has been upgraded to second degree murder. So that means the killing of a human intentionally, but without premeditation, which I think, as we said on either the last show or a couple shows before, at some point in that, you know, nine minutes and 46 seconds, you got to think it shifts from what would be considered manslaughter or third degree murder, which is no intent at all to, yeah, fuck it. Might as well kill this guy. That just kind of seems like where his mindset was. I don't know. I'm not inside of his head. I, I, don't, I wouldn't have put myself in that situation if I was. But nonetheless, has been upgraded to a second-degree murder charge. And the other three officers, there's been a lot of stir about the other three officers. When are they going to get charged? You know they're going to get charged with something. We're going to see what's going on here, and I'm curious how this goes. But the other three officers have been arrested and charged with aiding and abetting. Now, given that Chauvin, Chauvin, goddamn, Chauvin um, has second-degree murder and manslaughter, he's been charged with both, that's going to, it seems to be going to be the variable, but variable between how the other three are charged. So if they're aiding and abetting manslaughter, that's a different charge than if they're aiding and abetting second-degree murder. 
Now, I took I copied and pasted here, so I've got some information for you. According to Minnesota law, aiding and abetting is defined as a person is criminally liable for a crime committed by another if the person intentionally aids, advises, hires, counsels, or conspires with, or otherwise procures the other to commit the crime. Now, what comes to my mind when I read that is um, the, I think Officer Tao was his name, former Officer Tao, who was kind of standing in between the crowd and Derek, right? So Derek's got his knee on the neck, uh, Officer Tao sitting right there, kind of blocking everybody. That is pretty clear to me as aiding and abetting. I don't know what the other officers were doing. I think they were behind the car, so they weren't really in that video that everybody's seen. Um, but nonetheless, they've all been charged. Now, let's talk about the, what that charge can bring you, right? The criminal complaints state that the first felony count of aiding and abetting second-degree murder is punishable by up to 40 years in prison, while the second count of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter is punishable by up to 10 years in prison and or a fine of up to $20,000. Now, I read that and... And or is kind of an interesting situation there. 10 years in prison and or a fine of $20,000. I wonder if anybody ever has a choice between the two. Like, well, you can be in prison for 10 years or you can pay $20,000. Like, does 10 years of someone's life really seem like it's worth $20,000? I think it'd be a little more than that. But nonetheless, that's where we're at. Now, I want to play you a video. We're going to play this in its entirety. Uh, there's a lot of clips floating around, but I think it's really worth listening to the whole thing because you get the full context of the, the full, the full picture here. Now this is Minnesota, Minnesota, God, I cannot talk today. Minnesota attorney general, Keith Ellison, and he announced these charges. Um, and he gives a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a rundown of what's going on and where they're at and why kind of the thought process behind what's going on here. So let's get into that. I want to begin with a reminder and that is that we're here today because George Floyd is not here. Powerful. He should be here. He should be alive, but he's not. About nine days ago, the world watched Floyd utter his very last words, I can't breathe, as he pled for his life. The world heard Floyd. It's kind of crazy that it was nine days ago. Seems like it was months and months ago. It's been so wild since then. Call out for his mama and cried out, don't kill me. Just two days ago, when I became the lead prosecutor in the murder of Mr. Floyd, I asked for time to thoroughly review all the evidence in the case. And, and we looked at case, the evidence that's available and the uh, investigation is ongoing at this time. I also said that I know it's asking a lot of people to give us time, particularly people who have suffered for decades and centuries of injustice to be patient. And yet we did get that time and together, uh, a very strong, experienced team, uh, which included uh, County Attorney Mike Freeman, his team, and my team. We reviewed the evidence together with the BCA, and we have something to announce today. Before I announce it, I want to say thank you for the patience of the people who they've shown me and our entire team in pursuit of justice. And I'm here uh, to make these announcements right now. First, today, <clears throat> I filed an amended complaint that charges that charges Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin with murder in the second degree for the death of George Floyd. 
I believe the evidence available to us now supports the stronger charge of second-degree murder. We've consulted with each other, and we agree. Second, today, arrest warrants were issued for former Minneapolis police officers uh, J.A. King, Thomas Lane, and Tu Tao. Finally, I'd like to announce that today, Hennepin County Attorney Michael Freeman and I uh, uh, filed a complaint that charges uh, police officer King, Lane, and Tao with aiding and abetting murder in the second degree of felony offense. I strongly believe that these developments are in the interest of justice for Mr. Floyd, his family, our community, and our state. I'm the lead prosecutor in this case. I'll be speaking and addressing the public. Uh, and this is, but this is absolutely a team effort. Uh, we are working together on this case with only one goal, justice for George Floyd. I want to thank first Mr. Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman, who has been a true partner in this matter at every step of the way. His experience and insight have been invaluable and will continue to be counted on by the team. I also want to thank County Attorney Freeman's professional staff who have cooperated and worked together with my staff uh, and the investigating officers every, from the very minute this case started. I also want to thank Superintendent Drew Evans of the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension uh, and his professional staff for the care and speed with which they are conducting this investigation. And I want to thank especially U.S. Attorney Erica McDonald and Special Agent in Charge Rainer uh, Drolskagen who are conducting a parallel federal color of law investigation. I have heard directly from the leadership of the uh, Department of Justice that there is full support for her leadership in pursuit of her investigation. And as she put it so well, one team, one goal, one mission. I agree 100%. As I said earlier, I think Mr. Floyd's family I think, and I can speak for uh, Mr. <clears throat> Mr. Freeman and I jointly thank them, along with uh, uh, U.S. Attorney uh, McDonald. We thank the community for their patience and allowing us the time and space we need over these days to lay these charges. <clears throat> As it is so hard to do, I now ask for continued patience. This case continues to be under investigation we will not be able to say very much publicly about the investigation, except that we encourage anyone who believes that they have evidence in this case to come forward and to be cooperative with the investigation. As we develop the case for prosecution, which will, which will also not be able, we will not be able to say very much publicly about it because our job is to seek justice and to obtain a conviction, not to make statements in the press but to put, do our talking in court. So I ask for your patience again while we limit our public comments in pursuit of justice. I also ask for your trust that we are pursuing justice by every legal and ethical means available to us. I also want to add a word of caution. The investigation is ongoing. We are following the path of all of the evidence. Wherever it leads, we are investigating as quickly as we can because speed is important. We're also investigating as thoroughly as we can because being complete and thorough 
is critically important, but it takes time. The reason thoroughness is important is because every single link in the prosecutorial chain must be strong. It needs to be strong because trying this case will not be an easy thing. Winning a conviction will be hard. In fact, County Attorney Freeman is the only prosecutor in the state of Minnesota who has successfully convicted a police officer for murder. And he can tell you that it's hard. I say that uh, I say this not because we doubt our resources or our ability. In fact, we're confident in what we're doing. But history does show that there are clear challenges here, and we are going to be working very hard and relying on each other and our investigative uh, partners and the community to support that endeavor. To the Floyd family, to our beloved community, and to everyone that is watching, I say, George Floyd mattered, he was loved, his family was important, his life had value, and we will seek justice for him and for you, and we will find it. The very fact that we have filed these charges means that we believe in them. But what I do not believe is that one successful prosecution can rectify the hurt and loss that so many people feel. The solution to that pain will be slow and difficult work of constructing justice and fairness in our society. That work is the work of all of us. We don't need to wait for the resolution and investigation of this case to start that work. We need citizens, neighbors, leaders in government and in faith communities, civil and human rights activists to begin rewriting the rules for a just society now. We need new policy and legislation and ways of thinking at the municipal, state, and federal levels. The world of arts and entertainment can use their cultural influence to inspire change that we need. There is a role for all who dream of a justice that we haven't yet experienced. In the final analysis, a protest can shake a tree and can make the fruit ball fall down. But after that fruit is in reach, collecting it and making the jam must follow. The demonstrations and the protests are dramatic and necessary, but building just institutions is more of a slow grind, but equally important. And we have to begin that work as well. We need your energy and we need everyone's help right now. Thank you very much. I think that's really well done. The way the way he he spoke that out and, and the way that he shared the struggle that comes with trying to convict a police officer of murder. Like that's not an easy thing to do. And apparently Freeman is the only person who's done it in their county, which is which says a lot. I mean, and, and you got to know that they're going to do everything they can, but patience is important. Patience is important. It's going to take time, and there's an abundance of evidence. There's no shortage of evidence here, but there's a lot of work that's got to be done here, and I, I really appreciate the stance that Keith Ellison here is taking, and I, I really appreciate the work that he's doing. So I wanted to share that full video. I know it drags on. It's not super exciting, but it's uh, it's important to, in my opinion, to, to hear him out, hear where they're coming from, uh, and I don't think you can really do that from just a soundbite. Uh, with some things you can, like some of the things we're getting into later this episode, but lots of respect to him 
Uh, lots of thoughts going his way, and I know they have they have a challenging road ahead of them. But I'm really um, excited and hopeful that uh, we'll see some justice on the other end of this thing. So, props to him. And it's going to be ooh tough road to hoe, and I can't imagine what the outside of that courthouse is going to look like whenever this is going on. So, moving on to another story that's 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 lit up <laughs> pop culture. Um, Drew Brees got himself in a little bit of a little bit of hot water, and we're gonna play that clip for you and show you exactly what happened. But Laura Ingram, you know, being Laura Ingram, just kind of jumped in and, and and voiced her opinion. And I want to take a little little walk down uh, you know memory lane here because this isn't the first time that Laura Ingram has had opinions about athletes speaking up. Now, me personally, I don't really value Laura Ingram's opinion on much of anything. Um, I actually think she's quite awful. But, you know, I'm entitled to my opinion as well. And maybe I'm more entitled to my opinion based on Laura's, Laura's criteria because I'm white. That seems to be to play a role in her, in her decision on who gets an opinion and who doesn't. So let's hear what she had to say about, uh, we'll, we'll play a little clip here. LeBron James and Kevin Durant went on a little bit of a, a, a rant. Um, and we'll, you know, let's, just, let's, just, let's just get into this. All right, we're going to create a new banner. This is a jump doc alert. Ding, 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 ding. NBA superstar LeBron James is talking politics. First thing uh, she leads off with, uh, this is a dumb jock alert. Okay. Thanks, Laura, for that. Um again and this time it's r-rated here's his barely intelligible not to mention ungrammatical take on president trump laura ingram just um said that a black man's not articulate enough let's let's, let's keep moving and a new espn podcast the number one job in america the point of person is someone who doesn't understand the people and really don't give a f about the people. But wait, there's more gripping insight. ESPN host Carrie Champion asked James and fellow NBA star Kevin Durant about what she described as Trump's racist comments. I feel like our team as a, as a country is not ran by a great coach. It's not even a surprise when he says something. It's not even a surprise. It's like laughable. It's like, it's that's laughable. Bad. It's laughable yeah. and it's but scary. It, but it's also... Does anybody in the world disagree with that? It's not a surprise when Trump says something stupid or racist um, or just completely outlandish. It's laughable. He's a laughable character. So scary. Right, because right. I shouldn't be numb to your racist Right, right. I shouldn't yeah. be numb to your behavior. I'm numb to this commentary like... Must they run their mouths like that? Unfortunately, a lot of kids and some adults take these ignorant comments seriously. She told anybody who takes those comments seriously are children. Only children take those comments seriously because grown up, the grown-ups would think that Trump conducts himself like an absolute gentleman and is nothing, deserves nothing but the utmost respect. Look, there might be a cautionary lesson in LeBron for kids. This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early to join the NBA. And it's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. Oh, and LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions of... 
Laura Ingram, no one voted for you. No one voted for you and you get paid a shitload of money to sit in your chair and criticize people and fear monger and create further divides in this country that is already dangerously divided. Selected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself or as someone once said, Hang on, hang on real quick. I, I just want to point this out too. Hillary Clinton sucks, like sucks, but um, more people did vote for her by the popular vote. So, I mean, that, that's something to be considered. Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. We'll be right back. Okay, Laura, showing your colors there a little bit. So let's just recap real quick. Um, LeBron James and Kevin Durant are apparently stupid, um, inarticulate, and um, their opinions are only shared by children. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, that's that, that pretty much sums it up, I feel like. Um, now, let's hear what Drew Brees had to say he was on Yahoo Finance, and we're going to play the full clip here, uh, what Drew Brees had to say about, about what might happen uh, in the NFL um, this coming season. Everyone is looking back now at Kaepernick's protests from a few years ago, and obviously they were always about police brutality, and now it's coming back to the fore, and a lot of people expect that we will see players kneeling again even when the NFL season starts. I'm curious how you think the NFL will and should respond to that, and of course you're such a leader in the league, uh, what is your responsibility as a leader uh, in times like this for the rest of your teammates and, and players in the league? Well, I, I will I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, let me let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better and that we are all part of the solution. Okay, so you can see how that that comment um, would spur some outrage, and I want to know that I want to note that um, no one brought up the flag before this, right? And I've been a Drew Brees fan for a long time. Um, I don't think he's inherently a bad person, but this is pretty insensitive and, and pretty tone deaf, uh, considering what's going on in the world right now. And of course I have opinions about it, but I want to really share a viewpoint that I thought 
was actually, I mean, it surpasses anything that I could, that I could, um, it's way better. God, you can see why now that I don't want to talk about this as as much as I, as as much as I want to, um, getting my words out here, but Shannon Sharp, one hell of a leader in the league in the NFL for a long time in a lot of locker rooms with a lot of men. He had some thoughts about this, and I, I can't think of a better response than what he put together. Until something happened yesterday, and that is some controversial comments that we heard from Drew Brees, and I'm going to get right into it. In an interview with Yahoo Finance, Drew Brees said he could, quote, never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. Brees said he stands with his teammates for their fight for equality, but also that he stands with family members who have served in the military. Brees was heavily criticized by many athletes, including teammates Michael Thomas and Malcolm Jenkins. Drew Brees did issue an apology this morning on Instagram. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts. Are you surprised by this? What's your reaction? No, and what's made the black fight so hard is people like Drew Brees, Skip, because if you can't get a guy that grew up with blacks in the locker room, from from peewee to high school to college to the NFL, to understand the black man's plight, who will? What about guys that's not around blacks on a daily basis, that have not been mm-hmm. around blacks on a daily basis mm-hmm. like Drew Brees? Drew Brees says something, Skip, that I found, I found insulting, to be quite honest with you. He said, my grandfathers fought in World War II. Hmm. I did not know two men won World War II, Skip. They should be commended. But did he know that black men fought a lot, a, alongside his grandfather in World War II? Go. Although in segregated militaries? Skip, they were fighting in a foreign land from a, for a freedom that when they came home, they did not enjoy like Drew Brees' grandfathers did. Did Drew know that black men that wore military, when they came home, that were caught in their military uniforms, a lot of times were beaten, jailed, and even killed? Mm-hmm. Does he realize that, Skip, that every war that's ever been fought in American history, black men have fought valiantly in that war? In the Revolutionary War, Skip, they said they, uh, uh, the blacks were fighting for their master's freedom, freedoms that they were not going to get, even though they were told, if you pick up arms and fight alongside us, upon you returning, you can gain your freedom. When they came back home, Skip, guess what? They were enslaved again. And so Oof. the reason, and a lot of reasons, Skip, George Washington signed the Military Act in 1792 saying blacks couldn't join the military. Yep. They fought so well, and some of the officers said they fought so well and valiantly, he took it out. But guess what the British did? British says, if you run away and fight with us, we'll give you your freedom. And immediately, George Washington rescinded the order. Oof. History lesson. I can't believe you, Drew. What would make you think at this moment, Skip, eight, nine days after George Floyd had lost his life, that you would bring up the military and the flag again, Skip? I told you, Skip, if you want to talk about B, and I don't want to talk about B, I'm going to talk about C, I'm going to talk about D, I'm going to talk about everything except what you want to talk about, because that's an issue I do not want to face. Drew, blacks fought in World War II alongside your grandfather and did not have the freedoms that they had when they came home, Skip, although they had sacrificed the exact same thing as his grandfathers did. Mm -hmm. So let me get this straight, Skip. I sacrificed as much as you do in a foreign land fighting for freedom for people that when I get home, I don't get. Mm -hmm. 
And Drew's like, that flag means so much. Drew, do you realize, think about the black man, that flag. For 250 years in slavery, another 150 years of, 100 years of Jim Crow. And so you automatically assume that a black man should see, feel the same pride for the flag as you and your grandfather's? Skip, that's what makes me upset, Skip, is Damn. that some think that only whites served in the military. Man, that flag means so much. My grandfather, my great-grandfather. I guarantee you, if you poll some players in the NFL, they have grandfathers or great-grandfathers that served in World War II and World War I. Skip, this is what was said. In August of 1917, there was a senator from Missouri named James Vardaman, and he warned that once a black soldier was allowed to see himself as an American hero, it was one step to the conclusion that his political rights must be respected. Fuck. Bringing black soldiers home to the mm. South with the expectation of equality, he predicted, would inevitably lead to disaster. He said black soldiers as potential community leaders would be terrifying and a disaster and would be a mass movement for the American, African-American rights. Even though they went overseas to fight for freedoms, when they came home, they were not to enjoy that. And Drew Brees still doesn't seem to get it. Now, he issued apologies, Skip, but it's meaningless because the guys know that he spoke his heart the very first time around. Correct. Now, I don't know if I, I don't know what Drew's going to do, but he probably should just go ahead and retire now. He, it will never be the same. That's bold. Take it from a guy that's been a leader in a locker room for a number of years. At every step, Skip, I've been the leader in a locker room. What he said, they go like, oh, yeah, you know, no. They will never look at him the same because he spoke his heart and skipped the, and what he said. It wasn't what he said, it's how he said it. He was defiant. I will never mm -hmm. respect a man. Even after all this, nobody had even mentioned the flag. He brought that up on his own. Drew, I don't know what you was thinking. I don't know what you hope to accomplish. But whatever you hope to accomplish, it failed miserably. Black people have been fighting for this country even though they did not get the rights that the flag said. That, that flag that skipped I thought the flag meant something. See, I get the, the flag, you know, the, the cloth that wave in the wind as the wind blows, but it means something. It's supposed to mean something. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to mean everything for all people, freedom, liberties. But if the black man doesn't have the same freedoms and liberty as the white, what good is the flag? Mm. And Drew thinks that, well, I, I got me, you know, that's what it means to me. I feel a sense of pride, a sense of honor. Everybody doesn't feel like, like that, Drew, because it hadn't represented them in the exact same way. Mm. <sighs> Strong words right there. And that's from Undisputed with uh, Shannon Sharp and uh, Skip Bayless. Man, that just, that hits, doesn't it? When you take a little a little walk down uh, memory lane and, and look at history, you can see that this this stuff wasn't happening all that long ago. And the question I like to ask when people say, "Well, all lives matter, whatever, whatever," is, "Well, when did racism stop?" Right? The forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. Like, when did when did all of a sudden is there a day when we're like, "Oh yeah, this isn't a, isn't a thing anymore. We can found the vaccine." It's just not smallpox. Come on, man. And, and I think that, like I said, Shannon just did an amazing job of laying that out because he was a leader in the locker room. He knows what that's like. He knows that environment. Not many people know that environment. I mean, I know locker rooms, but I don't know NFL locker rooms where it's a, it's a different, it's cut different, You're making lots of money. You got a lot of eyes on you and there's a lot of pressure to do something with all those eyes on you. 
And a lot of this had to do with, you know, looking at what Colin Kaepernick did. And looking back now, what Colin Kaepernick did doesn't seem so extreme, doesn't seem so disrespectful. And not to mention that it was him and a military veteran that decided he should kneel because he was sitting on the bench. He was sitting on the bench for it, and that could be perceived as disrespectful. And he and a military veteran came together, a Green Beret, nonetheless, came together and decided he should kneel because that's a sign of respect. But it became about the troops, and it became around whatever the right wing decided it was about, and not about what the intention was behind it, which was police brutality. The way the police treat certain people. Now, that's disproportionately people of color, black people specifically. But I would go a little further and say that the reason so many people are upset is because people like me know someone or are close to someone, have someone in their family who's been mistreated by the police. It's not only a black issue, but it is disproportionately black. And we have to respect that. We have to honor that. And we have to treat that like something that is real because it very much is. It very much is. Love what Shannon had to say. Love it. Now, I do want to point out some contrast here, and there's a reason we played Laura Ingram before all of this. Because she had a thought about what Drew Brees had to say. So if you remember, just a few minutes ago, uh, I told LeBron and Kevin Durant to shut up and dribble. Here's what she has to say about Drew Brees' comments. Well, he's allowed to have his view about what really kneeling and the flag means to him. I mean, he's a person. He has some words, I would imagine. I mean, this is beyond football, though. This is totalitarian, totalitarian conduct. This mm -hmm. is Stalinist. And oh, by really? the way, on the streets of New Orleans, we're looking at live pictures. They're yep. shouting, F Drew Brees. Wow. That's what that's, that's what me. this moment has done to the beautiful team is, spirit of the New Orleans this Saints. This is a great he's a great Christian man. He's, he's Well, he's allowed to have his view about what I mean, what the fuck, Laura? Really? So he's allowed to have an opinion and he's a human being. But LeBron James and LeBron James and Kevin Durant are inarticulate and need to shut up and dribble. Really? That's the route you're going to go with this. Millions of people are consuming this woman's show. I, maybe not millions. I mean, shit, Joe Rogan gets more listens on a one single podcast than she gets in a fucking week, I'm sure. But this is the narrative. It's selective. It's selective. And you're going you're, you're gonna to sit here and tell me that this is just, oh, it's just happenstance because whatever. Come on, man. Laura Ingram, really? This woman is a joke. Is a joke. Now look at the difference between Shannon Sharp and her commentary. Leads into it with respects, with, with facts, with information with shared history, with experience. Laura comes at it with judgment, belittling, cowardice. There is no respect to be had for Fox News. None. 
This woman is a joke. Thought that was worth sharing a little montage there. So and so, so ridiculous. Speaking of Fox News, you know, they love covering riots and um, they love sharing their thoughts on what's wrong in the world through their lens. But they've kind of flipped their script from 2018, which is common for them to just completely change their dialogue from one day to another. They did it with COVID-19. But I want you to look at this little montage that Media Matters came up with. Now, I just discovered Media Matters. Fantastic. Love it. They put together some really creative stuff. So check this out. Peaceful protests. Frankly, my mind, justifiable, understandable. Peaceful protest is the hallmark of a free society. We all know that. And and the people that want to peacefully protest, I'm all for it. I'd be out there protesting too. Now, this is what they said. That's what they've been saying about the protests now. Let's look at what they said about the protests when Colin Kaepernick and the NFL players were doing it. You did own a professional football team. What would you do with Colin Kaepernick? I don't think I'm going to tell you what I do. You don't stand up in the middle really? of our workplace and start creating chaos because we get fired. But they're not creating they're, chaos. They're, they're, chaos. chaos. So why is this a big deal? Why is it in the end dangerous for this country? These acts of protest are beyond disrespectful. Uh, he's oh trying to make a point, but I don't think he's making it the correct Come way. On. I think what he's doing is very bad for the spirit of the country. Just because something is legal doesn't mean you ought to do it. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick gives money to terror. Using the excuse of Black Lives Matter or some other issue that they they probably haven't even read up on. They just repeat whatever Colin Kaepernick says on any given day. So look at look at the people he's donated money to. These are radicals in many cases, very anti-American, ethnocentrically racist black organizations. And again, built on a lie. It is a myth that police are brutalizing black people at some epidemic rate. He acts like he's standing up for Black Lives Matter. There was one, I don't know, I've never been able to confirm this. I looked earlier today that he might have converted to Islam in the offseason. So what are these protests really about? Well, some players claim their core complaint is police brutality, in which case, fine, protest that. Learn the facts, make your case, propose solutions, run for office, try to make the country better. But no, that's too hard. It's easier to follow the demagogues and attack America itself. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing how things can change in so little time, especially if you have no morals, no values, and you're a total piece of shit. Yeah, that's that's funny how that works. Really funny how that works. Interesting stuff there. Wow. Yeah. You know, something that um, I heard the other day was about how protests can't really be... By definition, a protest doesn't really follow the rules. That's kind of the thing about a protest, right? You're like kind of intentionally breaking out of standards. So what What more could you ask for than kneeling? Kneeling is respectful. People kneel to pray because it's a little different. It's peaceful. It's respectful in certain ways, but it makes a statement. Oh, man. Fox News. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, man. They changed the media landscape. They changed the media landscape for sure and not for the better. Crazy, crazy stuff. Now, if you've been paying attention, 
Trump has uh, gone to war with Twitter and social media in general. Now, we're going to play what he has to say about his new executive order, um, which does it do anything? I don't know. Uh, you know, the right wing, the right has generally complained that they're censoring information from their side and it's heavily pro-liberal essentially, which is what they're going to say to anything that just doesn't work out in their favor. The thing is like, uh, I don't, that's not been my experience with Twitter. I, I see a ton of right-wing nonsense, factual and complete fabrication um, when I get on Twitter on a regular basis, I don't, I just don't see the same. I don't see that being, being the reality, but, um, they did start fact checking Trump. And they also said that what he was saying could be, could incite violence. Um, now here's the thing. I, I don't think he's wrong here. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people who's just going to say whatever Trump does is wrong. And you can definitely paint a picture that, oh, well, if he doesn't want to be fact checked, then he must just be full of shit. But I don't know if that's the role or responsibility of social media platforms. And I may have said something different a month ago. Because about a little over a month ago, I got censored. I got shadow banned. And it's been really harmful to what I do. I mean, one of the things about doing something like what I do is getting your voice out to people and sharing that with people. And when you're shadow banned and you can't reach any audience outside of what you already have, you can imagine that it's very challenging, especially when that was your main kind of gateway to everyone. Um, that happened on TikTok. They're trying to like, they're censoring a lot of political content. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. And it was really damaging. And I didn't share any misinformation. I didn't, I wasn't hateful to anybody. I made fun of, uh, I made fun of Laura Ingram uh, for saying that churches were uh, more essential than bike stores. And I disagreed with her. I made fun of some Christian guy for saying that um, since he was a Christian, he was, wasn't scared of COVID-19. It, it was all humor. It was whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't hateful in my opinion, but I think I got reported and now I'm being censored. And so my thought is that's not okay. And my thought about social media platforms is, is it really their responsibility to censor content that isn't overtly harmful? Now we use that analogy all the time of, you know, you have freedom of speech, but you can't walk into a crowded theater and yell fire if there's not a fire. Right. Um, and I get that. And I think that there is a place for, um, taking down posts or doing something that is inherently uh, maybe super super offensive or overtly uh, harmful, um, something like that. But this, the moderation and the fact checking, even if you look at who's checking, who's doing the fact checking, those aren't really trusted establishments. Those are, that's like that's like mainstream media. So now, essentially, mainstream media establishment gets to audit what you get to see and what you believe on social media platforms, which is where most people get their information anyways. So now we have the media bias that is such a problem in our country moderating social media. I think that is a problem. I think that is a huge problem. I think that's an overreach. I think it's not okay. And I would rather have, I, I can actually take the even offensive things on social media, just let it be what it is and let it get drowned out by either contrary opinions uh, and there's lots of people like, let the people fact check it then, you know, if somebody has better information, if, if Trump puts something up and somebody like Matt Taibbi, a, uh, um, investigative journalist retweets it and says the, you know, accurate information as if displaying information in 280 characters is an appropriate way to do anything anyways. But 
My thought is, let the people decide. Let's let them decide. I don't like that YouTube um, uses quote-unquote reputable sources above all else for information. I don't think that's okay because these reputable sources are paid for by pharmaceutical companies, by, you know, they, 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 they audit their, uh, their news based on access to certain politicians. They're very partisan and it makes it harder for independent voices, nonpartisan voices to get out there. And that is what the world needs in my opinion. So I am, you know, as many things that, as many things as Trump does that I think are complete and utter fucking nonsense. I actually think there's something to this. I just wish it had more teeth. And we're going to hear from Kyle Kalinske after this on what he could have done that may have made it a better situation. What he does now probably doesn't have the same bite, uh, doesn't really have the oomph that it needs to actually make change, but let's hear what he has to say about it. There's no precedent in American history for so small a number of corporations to control so large a sphere of human interaction, and that includes individual people controlling vast amounts of territory, and we can't allow that to happen, especially when they go about doing what they're doing because they're doing things incorrectly. They have points of view. And if we go by that, it's actually amazing that there was a success in 2016, but we can't let this continue to happen. It's very, very unfair. And you look at the statistics and you look at what is uh, going on, and I think everybody would very much agree with that, Uh, including Democrats, by the way. I saw quite a few Democrats are saying this is about time something is done. So let's see if they keep that decision after they hear that we agree with them. The choices that Twitter makes when it chooses to suppress, edit, blacklist, shadow, ban, are editorial decisions, pure and simple. They're editorial decisions. In those moments, Twitter ceases to be a neutral public platform and they become an editor with a viewpoint. And I think we can say that about others also, whether you're looking at Google, whether you're looking at Facebook and perhaps others. One egregious example is when they try to silence views that they disagree with by selectively applying a fact check, fact check, F-A-C-T, fact check. What they choose to fact check and what they choose to ignore or even promote is nothing more than a political activism group or political activism. And it's inappropriate. You look at what's happened. You look at where they're going, where they're coming from. I think you all see it yourselves. This censorship and bias is a threat to freedom itself. Imagine if your phone company silenced or edited your conversation. Social media companies have vastly more power and more reach than any phone company in the United States. More reach, actually, than uh, your newspapers, by far. More reach than a lot of your traditional forms of uh, communication. Therefore, today I'm signing an executive order to protect and uphold the free speech and rights of the American people. Currently, social media giants like Twitter receive an unprecedented liability shield based on the theory that they're a neutral platform, which they are not, not an editor with a viewpoint. My executive order calls for new regulations under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act to make it that social media companies that engage in censoring or any political conduct will not be able to keep their liability shield. That's a big deal. They have a shield. They can do what they want. They have a shield. They're not going to have that shield. 
My executive order further instructs the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, to prohibit social media companies from engaging in any deceptive acts or practices affecting commerce. This authority resides in Section 5 of the Federal Trade Commission Act. I think you know it pretty well. Most of you know it very well. I would think you know it quite well, right? Additionally, I'm directing the Attorney General to work cooperatively with the states. He's going to be working very much and very closely in cooperation with the he states just gives to up enforce on words their sometimes. own laws against such deceptive business practices. The states have broad and powerful authority to regulate in this arena, and they'll be doing it also, and we encourage them to do it if they see exactly as we've been seeing. It's uh, what they're doing is tantamount to monopoly, you can say. It's tantamount to uh, taking over the airwaves. Can't let it happen. Otherwise, we're not going to have a democracy. We're not going to have anything to do with a republic. Finally, I'm... All right. So that's really what he had to say there. I, I, I would challenge the fact that Trump gives any fucks about a democracy uh, or a republic. But, you know, that's for another time. So let's get into what Kyle had to say about this and really... Uh, really pre- appreciate his stance. Like I said, you know, when it comes to, to news sources, I value uh, Kyle Kalinske is, is, is up there for sure. So let's, let's hear what he has to say about what Trump could have done and, and his critiques on this, because he knows much more about this than I do. And like I said, I want to give you guys the juicy, the juicy deeds and that good, good. As a private company, they kind of get to p- pick whatever the hell they want to pick and do whatever they want to do in many respects. And listen, Trump, conservatives this is what you ask for this is what you guys claim to like that's true about capitalism is that like well the company can do whatever the hell they want it's their company they get to make their decisions okay well then you might not like the outcome of that in some instances and this is one of those instances so even though the liability shield is gone twitter's gonna win these cases so it's not so really as many people pointed out it's kind of like trump is setting up a complaint board or something (laughs) like oh you don't like what twitter's doing here complain about it with me like submit it to them or something or submit it to the courts. It's not going to lead to anything. So it's kind of toothless what Trump is doing here. Now, what should he have done? Well, there's two different rows he could have taken. Um, either one of these would have been better than what he did. He could have used antitrust law, currently existing antitrust law, to break up Twitter. Ooh, He could have done that's that. That's a nice idea. Now, that would have been controversial. They would have screamed and and moaned that, oh, my God, this is authoritarian. And there's no doubt Trump would be doing it for petty personal reasons. It's not like he actually has principled stances on the actions of Twitter. It's more like, don't do anything to me that I don't like. That's how Trump is. But he could have used antitrust law to break him up. Um, Or the thing that I prefer more is treat it like a public utility, regulate it like a public utility. I'm not saying you fully nationalize Twitter, but you can regulate it like a public utility. And if you were to do that, then all of a sudden that becomes the new public square and the government can't restrict speech in the public square. They, they basically can mandate an adherence to free speech and mandate adherence to the first amendment. I like that and, idea and a lot. make it so that really the only cases where you can go after people are instances where what they're saying would actually be illegal as well. So namely, so you can never do like direct threats of violence, for example. It's always been illegal and always will be illegal and it should be illegal. But outside of those very few exceptions, 
if you regulate it like a public utility, you can basically make it so that it's, you know, you have these actual free and open platforms, as free and open as they could get. And honestly, I think it's a very American way to handle it. Yeah. Because we are one of the few countries that has, you know, our right to freedom of speech. And we have our First <laughs> Amendment. And so, yeah, why not? If you believe in that, in the actual public square, why not in the virtual public square, which is what Twitter functionally is? Very true. So, and by the way, if you agree with me on that, congratulations, that's a left-wing position. Ooh. So all the right-wingers who are listening to what I'm saying on this, they go, yeah, I like that. Okay. Well, Damn. that's a left-wing position. Congratulations, you took a left-wing position. You know what else you should do? Believe in net neutrality, because that's the same concept here. Go so, in there. Um, I, this, he didn't really do much here. He could have done a lot more. He didn't do it. And uh, it just, it just kind of shows how Trump is. He barks, he moans, but in many ways, he's just really ineffectual. Like he, with, um, with what's happening in Afghanistan, how many times has he been on Twitter? We're going to get out. We're going to get, and then the, he just doesn't get out. Why? Because the generals are like, we're not getting out. And he's like, all right, we're not getting out. Like it's, he's just a cuck. And this is kind of like a cuck. a cuck move. Oh, you came after me. I'm going to come after you, Twitter. But the thing I'm going to do is not really... He's a There's no teeth in it. That's funny. You really wanted to show him some teeth and do the right thing. You should have regulated. You should have regulated them like a public <laughs> utility. Um, that would have been the way to go, in my opinion. So I'm President with, Trump. I'm with that idea. I'm with that idea uh, about 100 percent, as close to 100 percent as you can get without with a little bit of reservations. But I think at this point, I mean, that's the thing too. You know, Facebook was inundated with Russian trolls like that's a thing I mean people interfere in foreign elections that's a thing that's 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 also in in the kind of popular zeitgeist is oh well the Russians are interfering in public elections and they want Bernie it's like they they will throw that at whoever they whoever the mainstream media doesn't want to be elected so they'll throw it at Bernie they'll throw it at Trump they'll throw it at whoever uh, at Tulsi Gabbard um, Andrew Yang maybe I don't know but They'll throw that out there as like, oh well, Russia's interfering in foreign in foreign elections. I need you. I need you to educate you on something right now. Every major country on this planet interferes in foreign elections. We do it. United States of America does it violently. Okay, we overthrow governments that we don't like, even if they're democratically elected. So if you think about it in those terms, and what we've done historically. Um, to, to make sure that the people that we want to be elected are elected. Um, the, a Russian, you know, bot farm doesn't really seem or troll farm or whatever you want to call it. doesn't really seem that like that big of a deal. Um, but it's common. It's a commonplace thing. And I think that that contributed a lot to, uh, Trump being elected via Facebook and getting people riled up. And it's like, there's a bunch of boomers on Facebook and they don't really know what they're looking at. They think that everything that's on their computer screen is a fact. And that's, you know, it's going to be a thing for, the rest of their lives, at least. Um, but when we look at this and, and think about what social media is, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting uh, kind of rabbit hole to go down. And I think at this point, we can say like, this is, we talk on these things more than we talk in real life, especially during the time we're quarantined. Freedom of speech is very important. You know, you're not going to see me agree with Trump on many things, but I think that of course he's like, like Kyle says, it's petty and he wants um, and he wants, you know, he's doing this as a vendetta in a way and, and trying to like scold them for fact checking him. And it's like, you know, pick your battles and Twitter's under fire all the time. I actually kind of feel for Twitter cause like they don't know what the fuck to do. And I don't, I don't know what these social media companies really expected. I don't think they expected this or were equipped for this. 
uh, when they got started up. It's not like they were like, oh yeah, we're going to be, um, you know, <laughs> influencing elections on a large scale. Um, when you, you know, Zuckerberg and the Twitter dude put that together. Um, I don't think that's what, you know, where I'm shadow banned right now. And it's really pissing me off is TikTok, right? I don't think TikTok, TikTok was like, we just want people to dance and have a good time. I don't know. man. you know, it's a Chinese app. So they're like also mining all your data and your information. That's a thing, you know, that's happening. And that happens on many apps, uh, including Google. But the thing, the, the thought that it's it's biased one way or the other, I think is, is a little bit naive. And, and you can always throw that victim card out like, oh, well, they're putting out a bunch of left-wing stuff that's look, making me look bad. I think there's a lot of that stuff out there and a lot of that stuff is accurate. If you're Donald Trump, that's, I could see how you could take that space. But I also think that like, I'm looking at uh, a lot of pro Trumpers out there that aren't getting uh, censored and shadow bans. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to me here? So I think it's on both sides. We could just be better off just letting it be like the fucking wild West where it's like, uh, you know what? We're just not gonna, if it's not a direct threat of violence, we're just not even going to fuck with it. That's probably a good place to be and take all the energy you have into, into moderating all these people and keeping, um, bots, spam, uh, things like that out, right? I don't know how many Instagram messages I get every week that are like, Hey, you like sex? I like sex. Let's do sex. Like, or some stupid shit like that or comments on my, on my stuff. And, or even on YouTube, it's like, I'll get these random comments like, Hey, you want to be friends? And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Leave me alone. That happens all the time. How about you focus on getting the annoying, stupid shit out of this thing and not focus on, you know, fact checking a douchebag. Like it just doesn't, it just seems like there's a better way to go about this. And at some point, it's just a matter of time before these things become something that's treated like a public utility and not something that's treated like a private business. And the funny thing is, as Kyle said, that's kind of anti-capitalist. That's a left-wing position. So if you agree with that, like you said, congratulations, that's a left-wing position. So, you know, it's really funny how the conservatives, people on the right, have this selective view of freedom and capitalism. And like, as long as it doesn't, you know, make them look bad or make them feel bad or, or paint them in a negative light, they're like, everything should be, you know, freedom of all things. Like drill on the fucking, in Alaska, drill on, you know, oil wherever you can get it type of thing. Um, close the borders off. Fuck everybody that's not from here. Like this, they have this, you know, it's, it's this weird deal. But then it's like, well, we'll ship all of our stuff to China because, you know, NAFTA and free trade. Um, it's like you can, if you, with the right paintbrush, you can paint anything as capitalist or anything as socialist or anything as authoritarian or whatever. It, it's just, we got to look at this thing practically. We got to look at this thing practically and say, Hey, this is basically the hub for communication in today's world. It needs to be treated as such. Okay. The one thing that great thing about podcasts is that as far as I know, we don't get censored that much. Um, I know they did you know, do some stuff with COVID-19, which was like, oh, that's kind of scary because I didn't really know y'all were going to go that road with like, quote unquote, misinformation or just misinformation that was different than what the mainstream narrative was. Um, so it's interesting. This is the podcasts are the wild west. I don't want to see these be infringed on, right? The fact that I've said COVID-19 or coronavirus a few times on this show, I don't want this to like not show up on your feed, right? So we got to think about this. It's a slippery slope. It's one of those things where it's like, do we really want to give these people the power to say, hey, well, you know, MSNBC said this is this is false. You know, whenever Bernie Sanders is putting out something about Medicare for all and it gets fact checked by, I don't know, the New Republic or some shit. Like I don't know, some right wing organization or some you know pharmaceutical company backed organization that's like, oh, this doesn't this doesn't make any sense. This would make you you know pay forty percent taxes, which is not true, right? So, really, something to think about for sure. And with that, 
Let's go ahead and just jump right into our final segment. Something to think about. Something to think about today. Gonna kind of continue on the same theme that we were just on. What do you want social media to be? Where do you want to go? Where do you want it to go? Where do you want? Do you want more influence from private companies and saying, "Hey, this is true. This is not true," or do you want to make your mind up for yourself? How much information are you getting from social media? Where is that information coming from? Because there's a couple things that can happen on social media, and I encourage everybody to follow people, no matter how much you hate them. Like I follow Charlie Kirk on Instagram. I have a deep disdain for Charlie Kirk, but I do listen to what he has to say, and I try and consider it. I follow Ben Shapiro. I watch his videos. I try and consider all sides. It's hard. It's frustrating. I get angry sometimes. I take it personally, even though I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. But the question is, what kind of world do you want to live in and how do you want social media to be a part of that? Where do you want it to go? What do you want it to be? Because like it or not, it is a big part of our life and it will likely be a big part of our lives for the duration in some iteration or another. Some other things that come out, it's always going to be a, a, a part of this unless the internet goes away and we live up, you know, end up living in like Terminator 2 dystopia, right? Or some Mad Max shit, which is also possible. I'm also not against that because that could be kind of fun. But... um, our relationship with social media, and I'm not I'm not new to saying like, hey, this relationship with social media is like could be a problem. Like that's a pretty common narrative that you hear a lot. But I think we think about that in terms of like our mental health and and being distracted and dopamine and neural neural pathways and how that's really wired. It's wired to addict us to our phones. But what I want to think about, I want you to think about, is what do you want? your experience with it to be, right? Not if you're addicted to it or not. We all kind of are in some form or fashion. But what do you want to see? How do you want to see it? How do you want it to be filtered? How do you want it to be edited? And I don't mean filtered like the you know thing the, the, the thing you put on your ass photo. I mean like filtered as in what content's coming into your view. And knowing that it can become an echo chamber and just a, a, a fuel for confirmation bias if you're on either side. I've been guilty of that and I've had to change my mind and I've had to admit that I was wrong and I've had, it's, it's a shitty place to be and it's not fun. It's not a fun thing to say, hey, I was fucking wrong about this. The thing to consider here is what, what kind of information do you want to get from that? Where is it coming from? What do you want your experience within social media to be? Ponder that. Think about that. Let that roll around. Look at your phone. Look at Twitter. Look at Instagram. Look at TikTok. Look at whatever social media app you have going on. What newsletters you're subscribed to. What emails you're getting. And look at that information as an objective observer and say, hey, what does this information say about me? What does what I'm looking at on my phone say about me as a person and what I've liked? So knowing that Google, Facebook, these people have tons of data on you and they're showing you things for a reason. Right. So look at that and say, what does what I'm seeing on my social media say about me? And what do I, what, what do I, how do I consider that in my understanding of who I am and how I'm acting in the world and what I want that experience to be like? 
How could it be better? How could it be more healthy? How could it be more free? That's something to think about. Hope you're enjoying this show. Make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a little five-star review if you love it. And if you make it all the way to the end of the show, I'm assuming that you love it. But um, yeah, check that out. And make sure to go over to YouTube and get the full experience. All the clips. Every clip we play, for the most part, I would say 90% of the clips we play on this show are on YouTube. You get to see the clip, see my facial expressions, which get a little bit animated whenever we're getting into some weird shit, especially when it comes from some right-wing douchebag. Um, hope you guys are doing doing well out there. I hope you are staying safe. Hope you're standing up for what you believe in. Get out. March in a protest. See how peaceful it really is. Don't burn any cars down. Don't loot any stores. And as always, keep your head on straight. We'll see you next time. <laughs>